0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you're tuned in and that uh, we invite you to be part of the program. As you heard, the call-in number is 303-690-3000. Calvary Live is the program for the next hour where you, the listener, get to participate and you get to be a part of the show, and you can do that two ways. You can call in and be on the air, and I just gave you that call-in number three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We have all open lines right now. It's good to grab one of those open lines early in the show because then you aren't waiting so long, and and uh, perhaps are put on hold. We got plenty of time to have a discussion or to answer your prayer, um, or give um, you know pray for you as you give prayer requests and answer your questions. As you call in with your questions about the Bible or Christian living, maybe you heard a Bible study that you need some clarity and understanding, we'll go to the Word of God. But give me a call, 303-690-3000. I am Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley up here in Northern Colorado with you for this hour. Always delighted to be with you. If you're listening on Grace FM, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, or 89.7, a powerful signal, uh, from Castle Rock and Parker up into Wyoming, out in the plains of Northeast Colorado, you are listening live today on this Tuesday afternoon. And maybe you're on your way home. Maybe you're going to work. Maybe you're finishing up um, you know, your tasks at work, uh, wherever you're at. Maybe you're getting a snack for the kids uh, after school. Give me a call. Love to hear from you. This is your show. This is your opportunity to be able to call in and to ask questions and give your prayer requests. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And then the text line, uh, that's another way for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request. That's a different number. It's for texting only. Of course, we always want to tell you to be safe when you're texting and No one will answer that line. Uh, You can't leave a message. It is for texting only, and as we have time in the show, uh, we will go to the text questions and the prayer requests, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. And of course, I always want to welcome everyone who's listening, perhaps on the uh, Hope and Truth and Refuge radio networks across the country, Uh, Hope and Truth FM on the East Coast. As you listen to Calvary Live on those radio stations, it is a week delayed. You can call it that number I just gave to you at 303-690-3000, and uh, we will have our conversation, and then you can listen to it a week later. But I also know that there's a number of people that are listening online as well, perhaps on a mobile app or on your tablets or on the Grace FM website, all across the country from... Southern California, all the way to the East Coast. And so we're delighted you're listening today. We invite you to call wherever you're at in the country. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. This is, as I mentioned yesterday on the show, and we all know that this is a very special week for us as Christians. This is Holy Week, and we are getting closer to Resurrection Weekend. We're getting closer to Good Friday. It's so wonderful to know that most churches, I believe, are having in-person services, and we uh, are looking so forward to it here in Greeley. And so I want to encourage you uh, to, you know, invite somebody out to your church as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Perhaps a Good Friday service as we look at the account of the crucifixion of Jesus, I want to read to you from Psalm 22 real quick, and we got a couple open lines. So grab one of those phone lines, and uh, let's talk about the Lord. Let's let's encourage one another. Let's let's get some uh, you know just um, instruction and wisdom from God's word. But from Psalm 22, written by David, a thousand years before Jesus was crucified, David was a warrior. He was a king. He was a, a psalmist, uh, and He was a prophet as well, and he's writing about the things that would take place on the cross, um, the things that Jesus would see, what he would feel a thousand years before it happened. And in Psalm 22, as he says, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a posture, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me the congregation of the wicked have enclosed me they pierced my hands and my feet i can count all my bones they look and stare at me they divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots and of course it's a fulfillment of the things that happened there at the cross as jesus um, he was pinned to that cross they pierced his hands and his feet uh, and it tells us that You know, his bones were out of joint. The great pain that would happen as he did that, he went through tremendous suffering, suffering in ways that we can't fully understand. Crucifixion is where we get that our word, English word, excruciating. It was excruciating pain, and Jesus did it because of his love for you and for me. And it just, we marvel at the cross. Um, We never want to take that lightly, the price that was paid for our sins and then of course the good news is jesus was buried and rose again from the grave so give me a call um if you got prayer a request 303-690-3000 that's the call-in number then the text line is 720-336-0897 we got a couple open lines but we're going to go to rick in aurora rick you're on calvary live rick you're on calvary live
2: thank you pastor jeff appreciate your time I'd like to request yeah. uh, I get gave, I gave the names of those people that I would like to uh, request for healing for them because mm-hmm. they have a different
1: situation especially Lito yes. he had this uh, quadro bypass, uh, still in, in a critical condition and we know uh, God will do the healing and he yes. um, by his will please thank you
0: Yes, absolutely, and and Father, as Rick calls in for his friend Lito and and Lord in Florida has surgery, uh, a quadruple bypass surgery. That's very serious surgery, and uh, we thank you for the medical community, for the training of the surgeons and the uh, the staff, and um, but Lord, we know that ultimately you're the one that brings healing. So we just pray for strength. We pray for. Uh, complete healing that um, his friend would feel so much better and have the strength that he needs now um, in the days ahead uh, to t- to heal his heart in that way, and also for Jose and Eva, for Michael, Elaine, um, he asked prayer for. You know exactly you know their situation. We just pray that you would bless them, that you would minister to them in a way that needs to be i thank you for rick in aurora that cares uh for um you know these individuals that are in his life and i pray that you give him wisdom and just encouragement to be able to speak words of truth to them comfort to them and lord so we just pray for all those that are on uh rick's heart and on his mind for you to bring healing comfort strength and wisdom to work in every way that needs to be in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Rick, God, Dick, bless you. God bless you. You too. Thank you. God bless you. Uh huh. Hey, maybe you got a prayer request or you got a question. Love to talk to you. We got all open lines right now 303 690 3000 is the number to call. The text line is 720 336 0897. And in this week, as we find ourselves in Holy Week, and of course, there's going to be services going on, perhaps at your church. Uh, some services will have a midweek service, uh, maybe a mundane Thursday that's uh, traditional in many churches as they talk about uh, the upper room discourse. And uh, one of the questions that was asked to me today it didn't come across on the text line, but a question was asked Do we as uh, churches should we uh, be practicing foot washing? services and there's nothing wrong with them there's nothing wrong with doing a foot washing service as traditional in some of the churches but as we look at John chapter 13 uh, I believe that Jesus was really trying to teach his disciples a very very important lesson and keep in mind that as they came into that upper room Jesus he withdraws from his public ministry he withdraws from the religious leaders and he's been in some last moments with his disciples. And I love uh, what John uh, records for us in chapter 13, that as he gathers with them, that and this begins what's called the Upper Room Discourse, uh, talking about that last night that Jesus spends with his disciples, ending up in the Garden of Gethsemane where he would be arrested. But he says, Now before the Feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And in that upper room, as you read, John really spends the most time by far than all the gospel writers. A quarter of John's gospel is dedicated to this upper room discourse. And as we begin to read it in chapter 7, 13 through 17, we see that he uh, is spending time with his disciples, and it says that, uh, having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. As you read this these chapters, the disciples they have no clue what's going on, and this is kind of graduation night for them. Uh, they come into Luke tells us that they come into uh, the upper room, arguing who is the greatest. they're still thinking that he's going to usher in the kingdom, matter of fact. Luke's narrative uniquely tells us that when Jesus was coming up to Jerusalem from Jericho um and would then um you know do the triumphal entry that the people were expecting him to usher in the kingdom immediately and so they're thinking hey we want the best position we want to be great in the kingdom who's the greatest and Jesus is teaching them, once again, a discussion that had started months earlier, clear up in Galilee, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And he girds himself with a towel, and he washed the disciples' feet. And so, you know, there's some there's some very important truths and precepts and principles that are given to us as Jesus did that. And, and if you got any, any other questions, we got all open lines. So again, I invite you, give me a call at 303-690-3000. The call in number, the text line seven two zero three three six oh eight nine seven, but as Jesus would wash their feet, it's quite incredible because that was usually the the place of a of a servant It was the place of uh perhaps even the lowest servant in that time in that culture, or if you had kids, the youngest kid would do that, and hospitality was very important back in those days and you know, you walked the the paths that there there was no paved. Not all the streets were paved in Jerusalem. They were, but you would get your feet dirty. You wore sandals, so uh, that was a very important thing to do. Uh, as people uh, would uh, have others over, um, showing hospitality, providing uh, that uh, opportunity to have your feet washed. And so, as they came into that room, that upper room, they saw that basin and the towels that were there. I just wonder if they thought, "Oh, who's going to have to wash the feet? Probably John, or you know, he's the youngest, or, or in you know something like that." And here Jesus, the Creator of the universe, girds himself with a towel and washes the feet of the disciples. And then he tells them that what I have done for you, you ought to do for one another. So there are churches that that see it as you know we we do this as a church ordinance when it comes to church practice. And, and church ordinance. Uh, a good principle is if you see it in the Gospels, it's practiced in the book of Acts, it's expounded on in the epistles, then that's a good practice that the church should be doing. For example, baptism. We see it in the Gospels, it's practiced in the book of Acts, it's expounded on in the epistles. Communion is another one. Uh, we see it in, done in this upper room. Luke's Gospel records it. Uh, how he broke the bread and, and gave of the cup and said do this in remembrance of me We see it practiced in the book of Acts and we also know that it's expanded on in the epistles So that's good a principle for us uh, For church practice when it comes to foot washing that we see it in in Jesus do it But we don't see it practiced in the book of Acts or talked about in the epistles and it's okay to do it There's nothing wrong but I think that Jesus was teaching them and teaching us a greater principle, and that is to have a servant's heart, um, to humble ourselves, to to wash feet. And that's what we are to do and listen. Uh, as he was teaching them, first he would touch them. And if you want to be effective in ministering to others, you know, in serving others, you got to touch their heart. You got to touch their lives, you know, and really show that you care. Sometimes we think I'm going to show them what I know and and all of this. And you've heard the saying that people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. And we have the opportunity to really touch people's lives and be effective in that way when we humble ourselves and we listen and we care about people and we reach out to others and and that we serve them in the way that the Lord would have us to do. So there's so much that is in these chapters. I would encourage you to get away uh, before Resurrection Weekend and to just read those chapters, chapters 13 through 17 of John's Gospel, that Upper Room Discourse. And then once again, go over the account of the crucifixion and and the count of the resurrection, which we're all going to do as we move towards Good Friday and Resurrection Weekend. But it's so glorious, and I pray that it would never lose its meaning, never lose its impact on our lives, uh, what Jesus did for us and what was accomplished for us. 303 690 At all open lines, love to hear from you. Give me a call. And then also the text line is 720 336 Oh, eight, nine, seven. We'll go to the text line while we're waiting for calls to come in. One text question came in concerning uh, Jesus being on the cross. The question is, when Jesus died on the cross, did darkness cover Jerusalem or all of the world? And that is a good question because there are those who will come along and they will say that uh, that darkness just covered Jerusalem. Now we know that the Gospels tell us that when Jesus was on the cross, for three hours darkness covered the land and um, it was in that darkness that Jesus was bearing this our sins upon himself and then at the as three hours of darkness passed then Jesus would cry out Eli Eli lama sabbath and I you know my God my God why have you forsaken me in um, that that fellowship that that he had with the Father from all eternity past you know was was justly broken because he who knew no sin became sin for you and for me that we might become the righteousness of god in christ jesus and so for three hours it, it covered all of the earth and i believe that luke's narrative tells us that very clearly that darkness covered all of the earth it was a supernatural darkness Um, and we know that it wasn't an eclipse. There are those who come along and say that there was an eclipse that happened. That's all it was, an eclipse in Jerusalem. Well, um, an eclipse doesn't last for total darkness for three hours, um, first of all. Second of all, it's during Passover. Uh, Jesus died on Passover, and it's on a full moon, and so there's no eclipse when there is a a full moon. This was a supernatural darkness that covered all the, the earth, And there is some historical accounts from Rome, from Egypt, from other places that talk about that there was an eclipse that happened, that darkness happened for uh, a period of time, for a few hours over the land. So it's recorded that it happened, not just from the Bible, but other extra-biblical accounts as well. So, good question. It covered all of the earth when Jesus was on that cross dying for the sins of humanity hey give me a call 303-690-3000 is the calling number the text line is 720-336-0897 maybe you got a question about um jesus crucifixion his burial his resurrection maybe you got a question uh from the bible that you have uh maybe perhaps you got a question about uh exactly what did Jesus accomplish on the cross or what does his resurrection mean. Whatever question you have, give me a call. Text line is seven two zero three three six O eight nine seven. So we got all open lines. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. Hey, I also wanna encourage you as you're listening, I want to encourage you to um invite somebody out to your church. And as I'm sure your pastor has been telling you and uh, have, as you've heard on Grace FM here, that there is, um, you know, uh, the opportunity to do that. Uh, Many churches have extra services that they are trying to accommodate so uh, more people can come, and more people are willing to come during this time of the year than than any other time of the year, I think even more than than Christmas. And so invite them out, invite somebody out. Uh be intentional in that. Pray about who you might invite at work or neighbor or family member, uh old friends to your church for service. Maybe extend an invitation to you know spend some time with them and and minister to them. But I think that we as Christians Uh, more than ever, not just for Resurrection Weekend, but it can start now. But we need to be intentional in reaching out to people and inviting them to hear the Word of God, or inviting them to hear a Bible study, uh, inviting them to hear the gospel, because this world needs it. And I really personally believe in my heart that If there is not a spiritual awakening, and I pray for one, I pray for one for our nation, I pray for our nation, we're told to, for our leaders, but if we continue on a road of getting further away from God and from the Word of God, then we're going to see more chaos, and we're going to see more confusion. And you see, revival, a spiritual awakening, begins with you. It begins with churches standing firm on the Word of God, on the gospel message of people reaching out the church being light in the darkness and I pray that we would just Lord we pray for a spiritual awakening we pray for Lord um, a revival in our country um, because that's the hope for our nation it really is and I know that that's something that you desire to see happen so be intentional start this week invite somebody out to hear the greatest news ever declared in the history of mankind and that is that the tomb is empty he is not here he is alive and as peter would write we now have a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ open lines 3036903000 is the call in text line 7203360897 we do have a call from rick now from bennett and so rick are you there
1: Yep, I'm here.
0: How yeah. are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing just fine. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing good. Thank you for calling Calvary Live. Good.
1: I lo- love your show. So,
0: and thank stuff. you. You're just
1: uh, and uh, I was going to also mention that when this COVID thing on that Friday it was about a year ago, to, or last week, uh was incredible the message that you gave people. So uh, I was very Great impressed. God. But anyways, what the question I had was is I've kind of you know wondering and stuff trying, trying to kind of figure out where satan got his power and stuff and kind of what i kind of came up with the conclusion of and i don't know if this is right but is as adam when he when he fell he basically you know he 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 took the word of of satan through the snake um over the word of god and basically without pay or anything um i i i kind of have kind of and I don't, I don't know if this is right but it, does that mean is basically did he as a king of the the kingdom at that time bow to the satan and that's where satan got his power basically through the proxy of, from him Yeah destroying? I think
0: I think you're on the the right track um we know that when god created uh you know creation he looked at it and he said it's good and then he created adam and he said it's all good it's very good and he gave Adam dominion over, you know, uh, the beast to name them. Um, he gave man dominion over the earth. and But he told Adam, of course, as we know the story, that don't eat of that tree if you do, that you shall surely die. And, and the thing is, Adam didn't know what death is. He hadn't seen it. And um, so when Adam sinned, of course, it is believed that at that time, he forfeited that the the if you would the title deed of the earth over to to satan. And I think we get a a picture of that in the book of Revelation uh in chapter 5 when there's this in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back and and then there was weeping in heaven as John's um uh, saw that, and there was no one worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seal. And many believe that's the title deed to the earth. And so, you know, Satan is called the God, little g of this world, the prince of the power of the air. So he took dominion over the earth. Sin and death entered into the world. Sin and death came to every man. And you also remember that at the temptation of Jesus, remember the part where Satan brought up um, uh-huh. Jesus on a high mountain overlooked all the kingdoms and said, if you fall and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. Jesus yeah. did not dispute that it was Satan's to give. If I took you up on you know Long's Peak and I said, all that you can see, it's all yours if you bow down and worship me, I mean, everybody would laugh. It's not mine to give. So Satan is the god of this world when Jesus died on the cross, Satan was defeated, and Jesus is going to come back and take what is his. And the parable of the uh, hidden treasure, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a hidden treasure um, that a man found, and he bought the field to take the treasure out. And, of course, in those kingdom parables, he says that the field is the world. Jesus is the one that bought, purchased, redeemed us, redeemed the world not so that he can have another planet he redeemed it to take the treasure out that's you and me so jesus is going to come back set up his kingdom take what is rightfully his and uh and satan is going to be defeated at that time okay
1: yeah that's uh that's, and like i like say it's pretty close it. like I say the main thing i kind of was wondering was like uh you know yeah. like say when he he basically he t- taking the word of satan over the word of god that did he bow to to Satan and basically a king yeah, came to another and, king? He became a subject of the, the of Satan or something
0: like that. And, yeah, and I do want to read because um, we're getting ready to go to break here. But just real quick, I I love what Colossians two says that that in you being dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespassing. Having wiped out the handwriting and requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way and having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Satan has been stripped. And that's a military term. He says disarm principalities and powers. When the Romans would conquer somebody, they would strip the the opposing army naked and parade them through the city. Satan is, is powerful but he has no authority. He will come against us. He'll throw the fiery darts at us. But we have Jesus in us, and greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. Praise God for that. Hey, thanks for your call, Rick. We got all open lines, so give me a call. We're going to go to break and be right back, 303-690-3000. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs the Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this afternoon. Love for you to give me a call, 303-690-3000. You just heard that number. We got all open lines right now. Maybe you got a question about the Bible. Maybe you got a question about the crucifixion, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, or what took place in the last week of Jesus. Maybe just a general Bible question. Uh, we will take those and we'll go to the Word of God and try to answer them as best we can. And the text line is 720 336 0897 is for texting only. Uh, they don't check the voicemail. If you leave a message, no one will check it. It's for texting only. And that is also a 24-7 text line that you can text in a prayer request. And, and the team at Calvary Church in Aurora will be praying for you. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful ministry that they provided to be able to pray for you. And uh, we want to be able to do that and uh, to bless you in that way. Prayer is so important. And maybe you have prayer. We invite you to pray. To, uh, to call in for a prayer request or text a prayer request or call in and text with a question as well. Um, I do want to let you know uh, that uh, up here in Greeley, coming up on Friday, will be our Good Friday service at noon. We'll keep it less than an hour because many people have come during the lunch hour. And if you're coming during the lunch hour or if you're going to a Good Friday service uh, at your church, grab somebody, take them. And uh, be willing to, you know, grab some lunch on the way home. And and most of those services, try to finish before the hour's out so you can get back to work. And we will do the same. So come and join us at noon here in the Greeley area. We're easy to find. Uh, and you can check us out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org for directions. Uh, we're so easy. Everybody knows where Texas Roadhouse is here in Greeley. We're just a couple blocks west of there on 27th street and then also uh resurrection weekend six o'clock on saturday eight nine thirty and eleven o'clock on sunday in our family services we have a nursery provided love to see you come out as we celebrate the resurrection of jesus christ and uh grab somebody bring somebody and uh and so we've been emphasizing that and so glad and so blessed that we're able to just meet it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend uh, we kind of get teased with spring a little bit. We had some snow on the ground this morning, and then this weekend is supposed to be in the 70s. So we're looking forward to that and um, just love to be able to um, just just rejoice um, as we proclaim the good news of the gospel. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. And so give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the calling number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Uh, got a request that we pray for those, continue to pray for those in Boulder. I know that there was, as many of you saw uh, on the newscast, there was the memorial service for Officer Eric Talley. And um, and so as uh, a hero was um, uh, the funeral service, the memorial service for him, and, uh, and so we're grateful for his service. But we also want to remember the other uh, nine individuals that lost their lives last week in that tragic, tragic shooting um, at King Supers in Boulder. Uh, there are families, there are friends, there is a community, there is a law enforcement community that is hurting and grieving right now and we want to also remember those who were there that saw the traumatic event happen before their eyes um just struggling with all those things and uh so we want to lift them up as well and and it's a long long road of grieving of um recovery of finding comfort um and we just want to keep remembering them so father we ask that you would um, just, Lord, bring comfort, that you would somehow minister to those who are hurting and grieving right now as the goodbyes are are happening, the memorial services are happening for 10 individuals that lost their lives just by going to the grocery store. From young to, to older, and Lord, I just pray that you would Lord, just show yourself strong on behalf of their families, wives, children, grandchildren that were lost, um, that that are experiencing the loss of their loved one. And Lord, we just pray that you would just uh, be with the Christians, the pastors, the chaplains that are ministering during this time. And Lord, uh, we Thank you again for the first responders. We thank you for the bravery of Eric Talley who rushed into that danger, but also we also know that there's um, testimonies of those like Danny Strong uh, who um, rushed towards the the shooter, other acts of heroics of people just helping others. And Lord, we just pray for, for you to Lord just bring the comfort that people need. A community that needs healing, that Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, bring light into the darkness, and Lord, that you would bring strength to, to those who are weakened by this, and that we would give a message that there is hope. We live in a world where there is sin and tragedy, and difficulty, and where there's loss and pain, and Lord, may we give a message that there is a God that has a plan that is going to come back. And he's going to make things right. And in the meantime, Lord, I just pray that you would um, just touch the hearts of people. And that for our nation, that we would turn to you. uh, We would look to you in every way uh, for healing. um, That you would heal our land. That there be a turning to you and realizing we need you more than ever. And so, Lord, we commit all this to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. So those of you in the Boulder area, I just want you to know that we're praying for you, we remember you, we're praying for God's healing, and uh, we'll continue to do so. You know, during this time where it can be so difficult, I, I want to read to you, and we do have all open lines, and uh, so I- I'd love to talk with you. 303-690-3000 is the calling number, the text line 720-336- Oh, eight, nine, seven. But I, I want to read this to you uh, as we uh, grieve for those uh, you know, in Boulder and the whole situation. When Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he was bound up, and he told Peter, as Peter pulled out his sword and he cut off the ear of Malchus, he said, Peter, put the sword away. Don't you know I can call down 12 legions of angels? And he could have. All he had to do was speak. And Jesus, he could have called down all those thousands upon thousands of angels. We see in the book of Isaiah that when the Assyrians surrounded Jerusalem, that one angel came and you know, destroyed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers, 186,000. That was one angel. Uh, Jesus could have called down 12 legions of angels. They could have destroyed Jerusalem could have destroyed that detachment of troops that came to arrest him, could have destroyed the whole world and started over again. But he didn't. And he didn't because of you and because of me. And he said, I'm going to take on the cup of suffering and death. He was going to go to the cross that we might have hope. Because you see, he knew all about you. He knew that you'd be listening to Calvary Live right now. And I just want to remind you that as he took that cross, he was thinking about you. And he went to the cross because of his love for you. And he took your sins upon himself. And the darkness covered the whole earth for three hours as he bore your sins. And then he cried out, it is finished. But before Jesus, as he was arrested in the garden, he was taken back to Jerusalem. He went through a series of six trials, three trials before the religious leaders, before Annas, And then before the religious council, the Sanhedrin council, it was an illegal uh, trial. They beat him at that time, condemned him to death. And then uh, what they did was, is that they put him in a holding cell, and then they would bring him back, and they would have the official trial before the Sanhedrin council. But while he was in that holding cell, you can go to Jerusalem today to what was called Caiaphas, you know, house and the high priest at that time. He was the official high priest, and they found what was a a basement cavern, and they thought maybe it was a cistern that held water, but no, there's no evidence for that. Maybe they thought it was a wine cellar. There's no evidence for that. But what they found was some markings that that led them to believe that uh, people were led down into that holding cell. It was a holding cell for prisoners uh, because there's rope marks, there's chain marks on top of the opening of this 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 pit, this hole. so that's probably where they held Jesus while they would bring him up for the official trial before the sanhedrin, and then early in the morning, they took him over to Pilate to where he would then stand and have three civil um you know trials. Uh, Pilate, then to Herod, then back to Pilate, where Pilate had him stand before the religious or before the religious leaders were there, but before the people who cried out, "Crucify him, we will not have this man rule over us, but when he was in that pit, it is believed that psalm eighty eight that really speaks of that, and I want to read it to you because maybe right now during this holy week, that maybe you feel like that you're in a pit and maybe you feel like there's no strength in you and maybe you just you wonder if there's any hope and and in that pit we see that the psalmist writes for my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to the grave and I am counted with those who go down to the pit I am like a man who has no strength adrift among the dead like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more and who are cut off from your hand You have laid me in the lowest pit, in the darkness, in the depths. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your waves. You have put away my acquaintances far from me. That is, the disciples ran away. You have made me an abomination to them. I am shut up. I cannot get out. My eyes waste away because of affliction. They had beaten him before he went into that pit. Lord, I call daily upon you. I stretched out my hands to you. Will you work wonders for the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise you? Shall your loving kindness be declared in the grave? Or your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Shall your wonders be known in the dark? And your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But to you I have cried out, O Lord. And in the morning my prayer comes before you. And he goes on and he talks that, Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I have been afflicted and ready die from my youth. I suffer your terrors. I am distraught, and it, and it's it's a kind of a bummer of a psalm, But I want you to know this, that you might think that the Lord, you don't know how I feel. That I feel like I'm in a pit. I, I feel like that um that, you know that I've been afflicted. And Lord, do you see me? I call upon you, and I want you to know the Lord knows those feelings because He was in that pit and he was feeling these things here and he knows what you're going through and he loves you and he didn't leave you without any hope he did not leave you without any hope that he would take that cross the next day and he would go to calvary and he would die on that cross and then he would say it is finished it is finished and then he was put into that tomb and he rose again after three days and that's where a hope is but he sees you and maybe this last year, or maybe this last week, that you've been going through affliction, you've been going through darkness, you've been going through pain, you know, it's been heavy upon you, and the Lord knows what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're going through because He knows you. He knows your heart. He sees you. And He says, I love you, and I proved my love for you as I went to the cross, and He desires to give you hope and comfort as you look to Him, cry out to Him. And David would say, when my heart is overwhelmed, I will cry out to you, and Lord, um, that you would be a shelter for me, and he will be a shelter for you. All open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Got plenty of time for you to call in and ask a question. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to text line, and and uh, and let's look at... The Garden of Eden, the question is asked, was the snake the devil or the snake possessed by the devil? Good question. It it seems to indicate that the snake was Satan, and we can take a look at that uh, real quickly. As in chapter 3, of course, the serpent uh, had, and many believe that, uh, that the serpent, who is more cunning than the beast of the field which the Lord had made, and he said to the woman, Has God indeed you shall not eat every tree of the garden? I don't think Satan is is, is a serpent. He's called the serpent. But either he possessed that serpent, uh, the serpents have legs because we know that on your belly you should go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Um, there's that suggestion. So um, it is. it was Satan that came deceived, Uh, Whether he possessed a a snake or not, we don't know. Um, Call in, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897 is the text line. Got plenty of time for you to call in and ask a question, and so I'd love for you to be able to call in and do that. Um, Since we got time, let's go to the text questions again. Let's take a look at it appreciate you guys that are texting in. Um, There's a first-time listener. Uh, Thank you for being on the air. Uh, Also, we got a text question yesterday that I wanted to ask. Somebody who's a new listener to to Calvary Live and to Grace FM, and they said they've been raised in a church and they wanted to know more about the rapture of the church and what it was about, and I think that's a, a fantastic question. And so... Keep listening, as I'm sure that you're going to hear mention of the rapture of the church, the rapture of the church. It's just the time when Jesus is going to come for his church before the tribulation period. And then after the rapture of the church, there's that final seven-year period before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, so there's a lot that is in it and uh, concerning the last days, but the Lord wants us to be discerning uh, of the last days, the days in which we are in. So... Um, stay tuned. There's a lot of information, a lot to put together, but I believe that the Lord wants us to be discerning and to know that He's coming back and that He can come back at any time. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Joseph in Denver. Joseph? Hi. How are you?
2: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. You're on Calvary Live nice
2: nice um well, my question uh you know uh, around this time now um i I have always celebrated uh resurrection Sunday mm-hmm. really uh look too deep in it, you know, I just always heard everybody celebrating the resurrection and so I did it, and uh just uh recently um I just uh, been looking into um uh, something the Lord was kind of showing me and um I was just trying to get your guys thoughts because I've been mm-hmm. studying it and um lately and and just like I love Christ and and I know you guys love Christ and you know right. uh just seeing that he died on our pass on the Passover um And he was our Passover lamb. You know, everything you just got done talking about, like, him being our sacrifice, the holy lamb of God, uh, sent to be sacrificed for us. Um, it, I just don't hear it in my church, anything about Passover. And, and when I talk to people, uh, around the church, it's, it's almost as if the Passover is obsolete and, and right. that's like a jewish thing you know well, uh, but but the way i was studying it was yeah. yeah i never looked at it as like wanting to celebrate the old testament passover um you know with with, with yeah. the with with all the traditions you know it would be more as yeah. like why don't we ever uh observe or or or, or fellowship over the passover lamb
0: well and you're asking really good questions and um, because Jesus was a fulfillment of Passover. And there are churches, like I remember here in Calvary Church, that they were advertising a Seder that um, they had and even had it online. Um, I know that one of my uh, teachers that I listened to, that he had online a Seder, uh, a Passover. You know, we've done it here before. Um, so some churches do do it, and here's the thing to remember that Jesus is their passover lamb um that that he is the one that um you know uh would come in on um during the Passover week, die on passover, and it's a beautiful, beautiful picture and in celebrating Passover or celebrating in a feast because you kind of bring up a um a something that gets asked: Why don't we celebrate the feasts of the Old Testament? Why don't we celebrate the other feasts as well? The main thing to remember is Jesus. Yes, is the Passover Lamb. He's the fulfillment of the feast. He's the fulfillment of all those things. So He's the reality. Those things are just the substance. So we can celebrate Passover, which churches do. You can you can look at a saved video from Calvary Church. You can. Uh, other sources that are out there. I think they help us, but it all points to Christ. It it all is a picture of Christ. It's all fulfilled by Christ. And that's the main thing to remember. So I think it's important for people to understand that, yes, Jesus, that's why the Old Testament is so important, You, you know, Joseph, and you bring up an important point there. We can't ignore the Old Testament. The Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. Jesus said to the religious leaders, that you search the Scriptures, and in them you think you have eternal life. But these are days which testify of me. But to also remember that as Paul came along and said, let no one judge you according to Sabbaths, new moons, feast festivals, that are a substance, Jesus being a reality there in Colossians chapter 2, that he's the reality. He's our Sabbath rest. He is our sin sacrifice. He's our trespass sacrifice that Leviticus talks about. All those things, the tabernacle, the priestly ministry, it all points to Christ and it speaks of him. And that's the big picture that we need to get. So I think that it's wonderful to to have a Seder, to look at Passover, and then how it relates to Jesus and points to Jesus. They're very important lessons and very important things that, that we can talk about in knowing the whole of Scripture. And I love Looking at the Old Testament, I think that to get a better understanding of the New Testament, we need to have a good understanding of the old testament um to to look at those feasts and to look at the you know because there was other feasts that happened as well uh when the church was born in Acts chapter two, that was the fulfillment of Pentecost the uh, you know all those things, and it all comes together and it just gives us a greater understanding how Jesus is the fulfillment of all those things.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's very beautiful to to just see like uh especially like for Passover, when you go back into Exodus you see that the entire the, the entire scene of and, and that event was was a shadow of, of Christ, exactly.
0: Right. You know, yeah. and,
2: and then you see even even uh in in with Abraham and Isaac with Abraham and Isaac, you know, even Abraham kind of prophesies and says uh, you right. know, God will send a, a holy Lamb of God, right? And, yeah. and, uh, and for, for us, and so that—that yeah. that was just a, a question was brought up, and it was like, you know, after after Christ had been crucified and and, and resurrected, and uh, would the apostles like, wouldn't they remember Christ? Uh, I mean, of course, we we all, yeah. and even them, were remembering Christ. And and his sacrifice every day, like, especially, you know, I mean, uh, us that truly worship him in in, in our hearts and in truth, like, uh, you know, for me, he saved me from so much wicked stuff. And, you know, I think about it every day, like just looking at my kids and looking at my wife now, like I wouldn't have nothing of that if it it weren't for him. And so I remember it every day, but like, and, and I know the apostles would remember it every day, but a question like uh you know would the apostles be remembering uh, his his death burial and and resurrection uh you know after like say a year after Christ uh, the whole Christ walking and and being crucified buried and and resurrected yeah. would the would the apostles would they be uh partaking in the in the um uh, just not as a law or anything going back to law but just on, well, on the think, passover remembering Christ in yeah. and then going to his crucifixion 3 days and 3 nights later off of that right. because that was a question and, my friend asked like
0: th- yeah think, and th- that's the thing Joseph we only got a couple minutes so i don't mean to interrupt you cuz we're going to be in in the show but here's the thing that the you know the early christians were jewish and so they were You know, continuing to observe those things, and and um, and so they would it would take time for them to come to an understanding that Jesus is the fulfillment of all those things, and that's you know one of the reasons why the Book of Hebrews was written to show them that Jesus is superior to remind them of that because that was quite quite a transition to coming out from the law, the sacrifices, the feast, you know, into crisis of fulfillment of all that. So, you know, they they still struggle with that. I mean, we see Peter then in Galatians chapter 2, he struggled with the dietary laws, uh, keeping the dietary laws and not eating with the Gentiles. So that was all part of what they had to to understand, to come to fuller understanding, that this thing called the church would consist of Jews and Gentiles, you know, and that's why they had the Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter 15, but you know they really had to to understand that and and that that Jesus died on the cross the veil was rent in two that the lord saying come on in open house you can come into my presence and in hebrews because of the blood of Jesus Christ you know you can come in with confidence that was an amazing statement to them to those you know jewish believers because they were so used to the temple and the sacrifices and all of that So there was quite a transition in all of that and um and uh it's really quite amazing and so they had to come to understand as paul would write to them paul going to the gentiles uh, but also a very important message that you're not saved by the law you're saved by faith alone and it goes back to and i think this is a great way to end the show that jesus said it is finished on that cross and um and that he brings the new covenant and that he did it all, and that we come by faith alone. And that's what's so wonderful, that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of that, and Jesus is the one that provides forgiveness of sin and a living hope through the resurrection, as Peter later on would write. Um, and so it's just, it's all wonderful and glorious. And Paul, as he came into Corinth, I think it's a message for all of us to remember that he said, I came preaching nothing but Jesus Christ." and him crucified we need to tell people about the cross the resurrection and and you know and forgiveness of sin comes through him he that he is the way the truth and the life and no one comes the father except through him so thank you appreciate it your calls and and thank you joseph for asking good questions god bless you guys have a great week have a great resurrection weekend And love to see you guys up here in Greeley for this weekend as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a good evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.